0: Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, the podcast where we analyze our favorite movies through a series of outlandish questions. I'm Brett Tversky.
1: I'm Adam Ottenheimer.
0: And today we're talking about a high school comedy that defined a generation and continues to stand the test of time as a classic. Mean Girls, starring Lindsay Lohan, Rachel McAdams, and Tina Fey. Let's get into it. This movie, as you just said, is so relatable to us.
1: There are legitimately groups of people, I'm sure, that... Think of Robert De Niro almost as a comedic actor.
0: This movie, in 2004, she was only 18, but she was an international superstar. Everyone knew who Lindsay Lohan was.
1: Borden is <laughs> is Tim Duncan, but then he you is. know James Harden is kind of like that Angier. The yeah. other one is Mikowski. <laughs> oh,
0: that's a hot take. I can't wait to rewatch really it and to talk to you about that. That atrocious yet incredible movie for an hour. Adam, want to kick us off
1: here? I don't even have any words to say about this. It's an absolute classic. I think uh, when when you think about like all of the quotable movies, and we're huge movie quote people here, Mean Girls is at or near the top of that list.
0: Yeah, it totally is. It it's a, a classic for its time. So it came out in two thousand four and we were super young doing this. What was we were in probably fourth grade, which yeah, I, 10 I can't years believe old. it's I can't believe it's been that long since this movie came out. It's already been sixteen years. Um, it, really insane. The the concept of it is really fascinating. So I didn't even know it was, it's based off partially based off of a nonfiction self help book called Queen, Bees and Wannabes, which describes female high school social cliques and the damaging effects they have on girls. That is the perfect description of this movie.
1: And for Tina um, Fey to take that and then, you know, morph it into what it right. has become and just like an instant classic and just actually an insanely funny movie with a type of comedy that we haven't really seen before, I feel like before this movie.
0: Yeah, and and we'll we'll dive into this way later when we talk about how this compares to other high school movies, but the way Mean Girls separates itself from all those other other films is that it's just about what's going on with the cliques at school. All those other films, you know, for example, Ferris Bueller uh, or at Fast Times at Richmond High, there's always some other actions or motives outside of school. And school is kind of in the background. In Mean Girls, it's all about just like, oh, this guy's being a douche in class.
1: Right. Yeah, it's... it's a. Uh it's not like a you know so there is a a protagonist there's a main character it's katie heron but it's really through the eyes of the entire school you know it's like every single person is going through those classic high school moments and it's so relatable because we've all i mean it's high school (laughs) you know we've experienced the same stuff one way or another so
0: absolutely and one of the going back to what you just said about how it's so funny and the comedy is so unique I didn't really realize this until doing more research into it. The Saturday Night Live presence in this movie is strong.
1: Yep, Tim Meadows, so Amy Poehler, so
0: Tina Fey, Amy, uh, Anna Gasteyer, but also it's produced by Lauren Michaels completely, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, this this, so this was Tina Fey's project, right? I mean, like she yeah she, she wrote this and went to Lauren Michaels and said, like, hey, "This is it, <laughs> let's do it," and he was all on board.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She approached him with the script and she had redone the script based off of the book. Uh, And she also tweaked some of her own high school experience into it. Uh, And she actually so it's based off of Evanston, Evanston Township High School, which is really cool, which is in the Chicago area. Uh, So tons of cool Chicago quirks that we're going to get into and talk about in a little while, which is fun to us. Um, Something I thought was really interesting doing some more research. Lindsay Lohan first read for the role of Regina George. Yeah. But the and then the casting team just felt like she was just too just too perfect for Katie. Um and then when Rachel McAdams came in and read for Regina George, they wanted to put her in that role because she was so nice and yeah. lovely as a person, which I thought was
1: really funny. It's great. It's like a reputational thing in a way. It's like, you know, Lindsay Lohan, they were they were almost like when I was reading it was like they're doing her a favor by like, hey, we don't want to cast you as this like really queen bitch coming out of high school here like (laughs) well let's not do this to your reputation where Rachel McAdams was like all right you know you're already like the perfect girl so we can do it to you
0: yeah and speaking of Rachel McAdams this launched her career completely I think this was her like third or fourth film but she gets into a, a stretch where where and I don't remember the exact order but it was it was The Notebook and Mean Girls and Red Eye and some other really great films and you know years later she's in True Detective season 2 and she's she's massive but before Mean Girls and I think The Notebook was was a year or two before off, it, off it was I yeah I think so yeah Notebook and oh, I totally forgot about Wedding Crashers too The Notebook and Wedding Crashers were before but Mean Girls totally I feel like put her into superstardom and it did that for a lot of the actors in this movie.
1: It's it's kind of crazy. It's like there's not a lot of comedies I feel like where you're like becoming a star after after being in that comedy. But right, it does right. have. I mean, that's that's what Tina Fey and Amy Poehler do, though. I mean, they're just that team. I I, I lump. I mean, I know it's Tina Fey that wrote this, but I always throw Amy Poehler in with her because you know she's kind of like the Robin to the Batman here. But yeah, totally but uh i mean they're just they're creative geniuses here and they understood the right comedy for that time and they just nailed it
0: yeah they did amy poehler speaking of her is fantastic in this movie she's <laughs> she so fucking hilarious as regina george's mother it's just i think every scene she's in is total gold there's, she only, just steals there's only like the, 10 she steals lines. the screen yeah. yeah she steals the screen whether she's dancing during this talent show or the, the chihuahua is biting her nipples. Out. <laughs> I just, it's like she's incredible. She's the cool mom. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, I'd um, you do it in the house.
0: G- <laughs> just, well, I want to give a shout out to, to Lizzie Kaplan, who plays Janice Eaton. She was, I think, relatively unknown before this movie, and now she's really big. And she was just amazing in, in Hulu's Castle Rock season, season two of Castle Rock on Hulu which is uh, all the Stephen King stories jumbled together in a crazy series. So uh, again, another, another actor who, you know, relatively unknown before in this movie just kind of launches their career. That, so that really one's kind of,
1: that one's kind of interesting too, is um, apparently during the casting, they were a little concerned that Lizzie Kaplan was actually too good looking for the role of Janice Ian. <laughs> I mean, That's cause, amazing. Because she's got to be, you know, some dark, really emotional time ty- and, and, but she had the emotion so down pat that they that they went with her anyway. But that was their big concern. I mean, come at, imagine being that—is you're going out for a role and they're like, just, "You're just too good looking."
0: Right. One more thing I want to address before we dive in: Who the fuck spells Katie? C A D Y.
1: Oh, that's one of the best, like, underrated parts, though. Caddy.
0: It's it's <laughs> no, and the fact that Janice Ian calls her caddy throughout the whole film is amazing. <laughs> yeah. But there's no way that's real. No one would it. ever spell Katie C A D Y.
1: But that's one of like the creative like geniuses of like the writing behind it, I feel like, yeah. is to just have some recurring things that always come up that right. throughout the whole movie are just like, ah, oh, they're doing it again. You know, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's Katie Heron. It's it's Caddy. It's just it's perfect. It's really well done.
0: Yeah. There there are a few things in this movie that don't age incredibly well like there's a there's you know the the two gate to function quote which is you know timeless but at the same time doesn't age well they use the word retarded a few times that also doesn't age well you know again they weren't writing for a woke audience in 2004
1: no i mean that's that time we've talked about this time period a lot like 2000 to what 2007 2008 like great comedies coming out there yeah. a lot of things you'd have to strip them i mean they are they're on tv now and and the those parts are taken away I mean, there's just a lot you got to strip out. Right.
0: Well, is there anything you want to address before we break down the movie, Adam? I say we hit it. Let's hear a word from our sponsor first, and then we're going to get into some categories.
1: Today's episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by the open Face trash can. We all know the worst part about throwing away our garbage, having to pick up the lid. If you've never understood why trash cans have a lid, you're not alone. Are you going to lift the lid up with your fingers and risk getting yesterday's mustard on your hands? Yuck. Or how about using the foot latch to pop open the lid? That rarely works. So switch to the open face trash can. You'll get all of the benefits of a trash can with none of the hassle. And that's not all. The open face trash can's patented design allows for constant airflow, so you never have to worry about having a smelly trash can. The cage-free stench is now free to roam around the house. Talk about a two-for-one. So next time you throw away your popcorn because there's too much butter on it, try using an open-faced trash can. Garbage made simple. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. All right, Brett, let's uh, kick it off with some categories here. First one we got coming up is best scene.
0: Well, I only got a couple here to mention. It was really hard to nail this down, but I nailed it down to three here. Uh, I think... You know, the best scene in this movie, without a doubt, is Caddy's first lunch with the plastics on her first day of school or her second day of school. I don't remember which one it is. But she's introduced to the plastics, you know, the big click of their school in their element. And she's so oblivious to everything at the same time. And the the writing in this scene is amazing. It's the little things like when Regina says, shut up. And Katie's like, I didn't say anything. Things like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's it. That scene shows Gretchen Wieners, Regina George, and... The third plastic, I forget her name. Uh, just all, like, who they are in their element and in each character's persona. Um, how Regina George is the dominant one. Gretchen Wieners is the suck-up. And then the third one is kind of silly and dumb. Uh, I think that scene is gold. Uh, besides that, I had the talent show and the mathletes competition. How about you?
1: So, uh, that lunch scene is is obviously there for me. Um, another one is, it's part of the talent show, but I did just the Kevin Poor rap. I think you and I could probably name or recite that whole thing uh, probably. that he did. I think I remember us doing that back in the day, but that's a classic. Uh, and the
0: only. The oh, you. Yeah. Sorry. It's, uh, so
1: good. <laughs> the, uh, the last one I had was Regina tossing the copies of the burn book and what ensues thereafter of just the madness that goes on. And then Tim, you know, hell no, I'd not leave the South Side for this. You know, Tim Meadows oh, coming yeah. in. So uh that that whole scene there but my winner I'm, I'm going with the uh the lunch scene
0: oh we agree on it right on
1: yeah that's a, that's a hot start for us right there
0: yeah yeah i know I, I just want to give a quick shout out to to the mathletes competition because uh i don't know it's at the end of the movie katie's already becoming a human being again and not a as janice says a baby prostitute but um <laughs> I don't know. It's a really good scene that the like the the competition in math is good. But then when the ugly girl who Katie says looks like she's dressed by a blind Sunday school teacher, mm-hmm. uh, that's gold. And then when they win, Kevin G rips off his shirt. Yeah. Get, like, some. get some. Get <laughs> some. Yeah. And an underrated part of that scene is when before the competition starts, Kevin G. Kevin G is like sons of bitches. Those sons of bitches about the other team. It's, I mean, that guy is amazing. But yeah, great scene. But Was he the one that we-
1: also said, uh, "Great turnout tonight"? And there's like four people in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> that's one I know. I know I've used that quote maybe 50 times <laughs> in my life.
0: I laugh. I've laughed hysterically when that scene happened last night, and he said that because that's like that's like a little thing. I don't know. Maybe I just I haven't watched the movie in so long. But that's one of the little things. Like when I was a, a younger kid and watching that movie, I just didn't notice.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's a sarcastic type humor, which – It's so good, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Moving on to best quote, Adam. Uh, what do you got? And just If you got a, a bunch, just rattle them off really quick.
1: I'm going to rattle four of them off here. So speaking of four, the first one, four for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. Uh, next one, y- y- you can try Sears. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Um, uh, this goes back. The next one goes back to one of the scenes I mentioned. But mom, can you pick me up? I'm scared. Oh, and
0: wait—is that—is that? Oh, that's the kid during the fight. That's the it's, well, kid, yeah, he's just the redhead. The see, redhead.
1: Yeah. Uh, and the last one is just "boo, you whore." That's a really good one.
0: What's what your you winner?
1: Oh, I, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go with the uh, "you could try Sears."
0: Oh, as your quote of the movie,
1: I love it.
0: So. That's a really good one. That wasn't in my list. So I have a list, a big list, but I have only have like three that are like the winners because this movie has some timeless quotes. Some quotes that especially people our age who were really young when this movie came out grew up in high school saying these things. So like fetch. I feel like if you're between the age of 22 and 30, fetch is a part of your daily vocabulary.
1: And it's, uh, it's kind of into pop culture now, too, with a bunch of memes you'll see, like, Fetch or some of the other quotes I'm sure you'll get into. But I've seen that one show up before. I think it came up with, like, Barack Obama's dog or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's a timeless word. It, like, it this movie invented that word, and it kind of has a meaning, even though even in the movie it doesn't really mean doesn't. anything. No, but I had Fetch. Uh, she doesn't even go here. That one is really timeless, too. I feel yep. like I hear someone say that at least once a week. And uh, finally, the limit does not exist, which I know you are a fan of, which I thought was going to be your pick.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of I, I tried to go with a, uh, a the less obvious here, but but I like that you went with the A Squad on those.
0: Yeah, so those are the timeless ones. Uh, I would probably pick she doesn't even go here as my quote of the movie, but just to rattle them off, honorary mentions. On Wednesday we on Wednesdays we wear pink. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, <laughs> You smell like a baby prostitute, as I said before. I know it may look like I've become a bitch, but only because I've been acting like a bitch. Uh, Hell no, I did not leave the South Side for this, as you said. I can't help it that I have a heavy flow and a (laughs) wide-set vagina. (laughs) I love that girl. Um, This next one is kind of funny, and I'm not going to say any names, but this reminds me of 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 a friend we used to have. Uh, it's the scene at Katie's party when she's hosting it and everyone comes and there's a guy at the door who she doesn't know and she opens it and she goes, do I know you? And he goes, "D, what up, dog? <laughs> <laughs> and he just walks in. I'm not going to say any names, but that is that is a friend that we oh, used to have. Oh,
1: it's classic. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yes.
0: So that's really good. And then finally I have, um, you are a mean girl. You're a bitch. And the reason why I love that is because I – I'm a big fan of when movie titles are snuck into the dialogue of the film.
1: That is gold. I, I never actually picked up on, on that quote relating yeah, to the wit- movie title.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's after Katie's party when Janice comes and she finds out Katie bailed on her art show and she calls her a mean girl. Yeah. That's I, I've, right. I've always, always been a fan of that.
1: So. I do have one other honorary mention now that you were, t- you're talking about that uh, trust fall scene, but it's, uh, what, what is it? Like, I, I don't hate you cause you're fat. You're fat because I hate you or <laughs> something? That...
0: that is so cold. That is cold-blooded right there.
1: <laughs> oh, that's scene is money. That's really good. Uh,
0: Adam, if you had to be friends in real life with a character from this movie, who would it be?
1: I had three nominations here. Katie Heron, number one. Uh, you know, She is a bitch for, for <laughs> a good chunk of the movie, but I think she's got a good heart, good upbringing. Homeschooled, so, you know... Take what you want about that, but uh yeah, she's pretty cool. Hang out with her. Uh Glenn Coco, I mean, he's he's the man, obviously.
0: We don't even know Glenn Coco though. No, but
1: but I mean, if you get four uh candy canes, you're you're doing something right. <laughs> and the last one I have is uh Mr. Duval. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I, I, I love that guy. He's <laughs> he's my ultimate winner, actually. Uh just the guy that loves his job and hates his job at the same time, but uh it doesn't quite perform well under pressure, but just seems like a cool dude, so I'm going with Mr. Duval.
0: Speaking of Mr. Duval, another good quote. I will keep you all night. We can only get here in. till four. <laughs> I will keep you here till four. That's a great That's one. That's right. well, Yeah. right. I'm happy that I didn't have any of those on my list. Um wow. I just have two nominations, but my clear winner here is Aaron Samuels. Wow. Yeah. Uh there's a quote in the movie that just sums this guy up perfectly. Quote and I think it was from Regina. He only cares about his school, his mom, and his friends. That is the kind of person I want to be friends with. Yeah, it sounds legit. Yeah. So, and he, and he, even throughout the movie, you know, he is a jock, but he's a nice guy. He he's never rude to Katie or any of Katie's friends or even Regina. Like he's just a good
1: dude. He's a nice guy, but I I don't know. There's something. Uh, I don't know. I'm getting a vibe. Just what, you know, what what vibe are you getting? Just he a vibe. kind, of a, yeah, the kind of a douche behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, I don't I mean, really trust him.
0: He's a good-looking guy. He knows he's really popular in school. He was dating Regina George, so he's definitely got some confidence. Maybe even a little bit of arrogance. But anyone who only cares about school, his mom, and his friends—it's a good person in my book.
1: Yeah, I mean that's it's good qualities. I'm just I'm not buying it.
0: All right, well. <laughs> Agree to disagree. And then my second one, um, Miss Norbury. She's fun and laid back, awesome personality, but the deal breaker for her is that she's a teacher. That's a no-go. Can't be friends with a teacher.
1: Yeah, you're a big drug guy, so that that fits right in, right? (laughs) You bet.
0: She's also my dealer, too.
1: Yeah. We'll get into that one a bit later, too.
0: Yeah. Adam, tell me, who's the biggest dick in this movie?
1: Oh, I I have three. Um... First one is Shane Omen.
0: Oh that guy's such a douche. Yeah,
1: that guy's a big cock. <laughs> that guy sucks. Uh I mean only I I think he doesn't really do much. He just uh you know helps Regina cheat on on uh Aaron Samuels in the projection room above the auditorium.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh calcium bars make you gain weight like crazy. <laughs> yeah is that his only line i don't know it, it's he's it's like oh he does that and then when he wins spring fling king he like flexes on <laughs> yeah. stage <laughs> yeah
1: oh what Dick. a tool yeah so he's, yeah, he's an asshole. Tool. um regina george uh, it's, yeah it's, it's an obvious yeah. one i don't i don't need to go to it and the last one i have here is coach carr uh, oh that guy sucks underrated but he may or may not have been hooking up with like 16 17 year old oh, chicks God.
0: Coach Carr, step away from the <laughs> underage girls.
1: Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm gonna go with Regina on this one. I, I can't, I can't go the other two routes, but they're close seconds, really.
0: Yeah, she was Regina was the only name I wrote down for this. She 100%. She's not only by far the biggest ass in this movie. She's one of the biggest movie assholes of all time. I'm gonna go out and say it.
1: I, I think that's I fair mean, to say. Yeah.
0: The, the whole movie. With the exception of like the last three minutes where it shows her playing lacrosse, it's like she's <laughs> still kind she of an is, asshole playing lacrosse. I know exactly. The whole movie, from start to finish, there is not a single moment of "Wow, this she," you know, "she could be nice," or "Oh, I'm kind of rooting for this character because she's shown some good qualities." Evil, one hundred percent, the whole time, and she is so mean to everyone who crosses her path. She started the burn book. Which obviously is like, you know, the move and, and and kills the relationship of every girl in that class, in that school. She constantly puts her friends down. She makes fun of random people. Like when that girl, that random girl walks by with the skirt on and Regina's <laughs> like, oh, my God, I love your skirt. Where'd you get it? And she's like, oh, it used to be my mom's.
1: Vintage. Like, vintage.
0: Yeah, vintage. And then she walks away and she just roasts her behind her back. Yeah, it's she is so evil to her friends, to her mom. She she's so mean to Amy Poehler. That's it's terrible. terrible. She's like, Mom, go redo your hair. It's like <laughs> she is. Regina George is one of the biggest movie assholes of all time. I don't have a list of other movie assholes, but she's on there for oh, me. She's
1: up there. Yeah, I love it. So you're going. So we're both going with Regina there. Next yeah. one up here. Which actor or actress would you actually like to see replace one of the stars in the movie? And so I'm, I want to kick this off because we're talking about Regina. We're talking about Rachel (laughs) McAdams. I have one other person that I think, although I wouldn't ultimately want them to replace Rachel McAdams, I think it would be interesting. I'm going Sophie Turner.
0: Ooh. ooh, I think she's got the
1: ability to be, you know, really cold. It's based off game of Thrones, but she could be kind of like a cold stone face bitch. She and could.
0: We're, t- we're talking later seasons of Game of Thrones, though, because yes. early seasons Game of Thrones, all she did was
1: cry. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not about that. But it's <laughs> it's recency bias for sure. But, yeah, Sophie right. Turner just, you know, giving everyone the cold shoulder. And she's kind of soft-spoken, which Regina is. T- she's not loud. You know, it's behind no. your back. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of political, which is kind of Game of Thrones-esque, too. So that was definitely my inspiration. But, yeah, <laughs> give me give me Sophie Turner there.
0: I like that. Who else you got?
1: No, that's it. Oh, that was
0: your only one. Well, I only have one as well. Um, I had Emma Stone as Janice Ian. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, and Lizzie Kaplan is great. And I'm I'm not saying I want to – I wish Emma Stone replaced her. I'm just curious how Emma Stone would have been. So, as we already talked about with Lizzie Kaplan, the reason why she got the role is because she was able to bring such raw emotion to the character – and emma stone does that as well when she's on screen and i'm imagining her role as janicean would be similar to how she was in uh one of my all-time favorite movies birdman where she just plays like a dejected pot smoking kind of like punk-ish daughter uh where she just kind of like shits on everything just kind of dislikes the world um has that, that attitude about her and it's really raw and aggressive, and uh, you know, we've seen Emma Stone in the high school role before, as the as Jonah Hill's love interest in Superbad. Um, I, I yeah, I thought Emma Stone would be, would be great in this as Janice Ian.
1: That is a good one. It's Janice Ian's one of those characters. I mean, it's the same thing with Regina, but like, I could never imagine them being replaced. But I think, I think that's we took some good options there. Yeah,
0: we did. Uh, so speaking of character replacements, would this movie be better or worse with Sofia Vergara in it?
1: I I think you were trying to bait me into this one. You know, I'm a modern family guy.
0: That that did come to mind, I'll be honest.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd actually say it's worse. Um, The only role I could even imagine her as would be Regina's mom. (laughs) And, you know, she'd be good, but I think she'd be... She's too loud, front and center. You know, she's too much out there where... Amy Poehler is perfect because she's just like submissive but like the cool mom as you said where Sophia right. is just like too it's too strong. You know, she comes on too strong and I think that's that's where it kind of trips me up. So it, close, but I'm I'm going worse with with her in it.
0: So I also said worse, but I still think she would be funny. Um I think there's like there's a couple spots in this movie I think she could fit in. She could either be you know, a Spanish teacher who's in like only a few scenes, but who is, you know, like, especially in that scene when, when Katie says after her first day of school, she got yelled at for no reason. And it's like a bunch of jump cuts to all the different teachers yelling at her for like really weird things. Like don't eat in class, blah, blah, blah. I got to to go to the bathroom. There could be a scene with her where she's, where she's yelling at her in Spanish or something. But one I would really like to see is if, cause at this time, 2004, uh, I feel like Sofia Vergara could have pulled this off. She could have been like the popular Hispanic student who gets burned in the burn book for hooking up with Kevin G. (laughs) You know, and then in the scene when they're all fighting, she could be like, oh, but it was only one time. I only kissed Kevin G once. And then like she gets into a fight with someone else. I I could see that. She's like the hot Hispanic student. I mean, you have the hot Asian girls who get with Coach Carr. Uh you there actually is that section of of um of like the hot black girls too. There's like that section at the lunch table yeah. that like they're sitting there too. So bring Sophia Vergara in as the hot Hispanic student. Why not?
1: I don't think I can look at you the same with that uh impression you just did of Sophia Vergara. Not, not my best. I know. Was, it's not my, I love it's not it, my though. best. Not, uh, not my best. No, I could see that though. I think that's I think that's pretty legit. I mean it's when I tend to think of this question, I think of them after, like, the pro forma view, but, like, after they've already done their roles. Right. And so I picture her as, you know, in Modern Family, but I think that's a good, I mean, go back to 04, it's a completely different story. Yeah, she could fit right in. Yeah, well,
0: like, again, I did say the movie would probably be worse with her, but at the same time, I I don't know, I could see
1: that happening. So then who do you think was the most annoying to work with of all the actors and actresses?
0: Uh, I think it's hands down, no question, Lindsay Lohan. Really? Yeah, she's she's on the. It's 2004. She's on the top of the world at this point. I mean, since coming onto the scene with *Parent Trap* in 1998, which was only six years earlier, she, like she just has a has a crazy run. She's in *The Parent Trap*. She's in that movie *Life Size* with Tyra Banks. She's in *Freaky Friday* with Jamie Lee Curtis, and this movie. In 2004, she was only 18, but she was an international superstar. Everyone knew who Lindsay Lohan was. She was so popular among little kids like us. We were only 10 years old at the time. But, like, she was popular with teens, too, and probably kids in college. I mean, she's on top of the movie world. If you asked, you know, if you if we were recording this podcast in 2004, we'd probably say, oh, my God, Lindsay Lohan is, like, is going places. Like, she's going to be, you know, the next, I don't know not Meryl Streep but like she's going to be an amazing oh, actress don't you for a dare. Long, long time. <laughs> I said not Meryl Streep but like <clears throat> and Mean Girls is is definitely the the peak and the apex of that crazy run she's had. Uh, so just the fact that she is so enormous at this time and as we talked about a lot of these other young actresses are you know more unknown than she is. I you know Maybe she demanded all the attention on the set next to these quote, C level actors who, you know, she didn't know much about. The audience didn't know much about. And little did she know that they would go on a far more successful careers than her because she flamed out really quickly. Yeah. But I just, I just think at this time, Lindsay Lohan is such a massive superstar that she just demands all the respect and attention on set.
1: So there's a little bit of like Sandy Lyle, Jesus Christ, superstar going. I, I, I'm not going to be upset by a bunch of freaking amateurs. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I'm playing dual roles. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. So I I get it. I, I I like that. So, um, I went a little bit of a different route. I went with uh, Lizzie Kaplan. Okay. Did not have as as strong of uh, as reasoning as you did, to be honest, but. Yeah, Janice Ian, the character is just a tough character, very demonstrative, very emotional, um, and it's. I, I could see it being, a bit annoying, from a repetition perspective, and I mean I I, I hate to say it because Lizzie Kaplan I'm sure is like she did a phenomenal job and she's great, uh, but just the character itself would probably be, what what causes it to be a bit annoying to work with.
0: Sure. It's like if she's a method actor and she is her character off of the set.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to see that.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I can see it. like if no, you've heard stories in Hollywood or in general or even, at, you know, in theater. If people play really intense, traumatized characters, that can actually affect them outside of their job.
1: They say, like, Robert Downey Jr. is just that douche all the time, always. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good <laughs> It yeah.
0: makes sense. Uh, Adam, let's take a break and hear from our sponsor, and then we're going to get back to it.
1: This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Day Old Fish. Are you sick and tired of paying a premium for a nice fish dinner? Tilapia? More like to a lot of money. That's why Day Old Fish created a solution. Day Old Fish is the only fish delivery service that will bring you old fish right to your door at quite the discount. Treat your special someone to a gourmet fish meal at a fraction of the cost. Day Old Fish specializes in expired or nearly expired salmon, grouper, and mahi-mahi. Cost savings never taste so good. Day Old Fish, what are you waiting for? And now, back to the show.
0: Welcome back to the episode. Adam, are you ready for some trivia about the movie Mean Girls?
1: Let's do it. I'm a little nervous, but I think we got some good ones here.
0: All right, my first question for you. I'll start with a simple one. What did Gretchen Wiener's dad invent?
1: Toaster strudel.
0: Lovely. Great answer. Correct.
1: Uh, I'll go one? with my first here. So according to Coach car. if you have sex, which STD will you get and ultimately die? Chlamydia. Correct. Yes. You will get chlamydia and die.
0: <laughs> Second one for me. What's wrong with Principal Duvall's hand?
1: Uh, like what happened to it, or what?
0: Like, like we see in one of the first scenes of the movie, his hand is like wrapped up, yeah, gotta... or it's like in a cast or something, or it's, it's 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 definitely bandaged or in some you know his hand is in some terrible state. He says in the beginning of the movie, "What's wrong with his hand?" or like
1: something that happened to it. Wasn't it uh, part of a divorce? No. So
0: it was in a, it was during the scene when he's talking to. Miss Norberry, and she mentions that she got divorced.
1: Okay, and that's what. Oh.
0: And then he says, "What happened to his hand?"
1: I don't remember. What was it?
0: Carpal tunnel. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that's right. She, he, she, he walks into the classroom, and he goes. And he goes, oh, how was your summer? And or, or I think she says, how was your summer? And he's like, he shows his hand. He's like, oh, well, my carpal tunnel came back. <laughs> and then she's like, and then he's like, how about you? She's like, well, I got divorced. And then she's like, I win.
1: That's so good. Yeah. Nice little cold open. Uh, speaking of Miss Norberry, prior to her divorce, what did she talk her husband into doing? Going to law school. That was a bust. Nice.
0: <laughs> That's what you get for when you rewatch the movie the night before.
1: Yeah, really. You're on fire.
0: Uh, I got a tough one for you. What does Kevin G's business
1: card say? MC. Or badass MC?
0: Well, it's, so it says two things. You uh, got half of it. It says something and badass MC.
1: Oh. Uh, I don't know, like math nerd.
0: Oh, you're so close. You're so close. I'm
1: mathlete and badass mc
0: you're so close it's math enthusiast and badass oh man i I might give that to you i I think you should (laughs) yeah i'm gonna give that to you
1: that's a great question well this is crazy going right off of that speaking of mathletes the final question who was katie heron's opponent you brought her up a little while ago what is her name
0: oh fuck oh man i have oh god I I have no idea. I forgot.
1: Carolyn Craft.
0: Oh, Carolyn (laughs) Craft. Oh, no. I should have gotten that. Oh, that was a good one. Um, Damn, Carolyn Craft. Yeah, she looked (laughs) like she was dressed by a blind Sunday school teacher. Yep. Damn, Carolyn. And she got the question wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Like, she answered first. Being able to buzz in first. Yeah, she was blazing hot. She just said she fucked up. (laughs) I wonder what happened after that mathletes competition, when their team leaves, how pissed the guys on the team Damn are! Damn
1: you, her. Bernice! Yeah, she blew, <laughs> she blew it.
0: She blew it. She blew it. She's—they're probably like, you know, we needed a girl on the team for more funding, and you fucked us over, Carolyn. <laughs> we
1: we picked the girl too.
0: <laughs> that, that's a great line. I yeah. love that. Oh yeah, because Kevin G's like contestant craft.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> um. I do have one question here, but it kind of sli- one more question here, but it kind of slides into our next category. Uh, do you have any more trivia questions?
1: I have one more. You want me to say mine first?
0: Yeah, give it to me. Uh,
1: where does Miss Norbury bartend? I know it's in the mall, but what is the what is the restaurant or bar oh, called?
0: Oh God, you got me again with another name.
1: Fuck. Yeah, these are these are pretty obscure. They're tough ones. Uh, but
0: I should. Uh, I don't know. What is it?
1: T J Calamities.
0: Oh, that's a great name for a, for like <laughs> yes. a trashy like bar. Oh my god. I would think it'd also, be like
1: an O Tools, you know, like <laughs> TJ O'Tools or, or something.
0: Or like a or like a uh, dirty Nelly's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also actually noticed for the first time when I was watching this last night, her outfit is really similar to the outfit that Jennifer Aniston wears in Trotchkeys, because it has like all these buttons on it.
1: While you were saying that, like I didn't think about it, but as you were just saying that, I just realized what you were talking about. Yeah, dead on.
0: That's so funny. I, I wonder if that was like a something they took from Office Space. And they're like, yeah, let's let's just slide that in there. <laughs> Pieces of flair. Yeah, pretty good. Um, Adam, this movie takes place in the suburbs of Chicago, where we also grew up. So there's a few Chicago references that are really slid into the movie. That if you're not from the Chicago area, you don't quite get. Uh, what do you think is the best Chicago reference in this movie? Or Actually, you know what? I'm going to take back my question because I'm going to say my best one first. That was also my fourth trivia question. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. So the winner of Spring Fling, Queen and Queen get a prize. What is that prize?
1: It's uh, two tickets or vouchers for like free meals at the uh, Walker Brothers Pancake House. Yes! And well that done. was also my best Chicago reference.
0: It's great. It's so funny. And they slide it in there perfectly. And the way Tim Meadows presents it to two gift certificates <laughs> to the Walker Brothers Pancake House.
1: It's funny because actually when I so when we first when this movie first came out, it was 04. We were, what, 10 years old. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that Walker Brothers was not like a national thing. Right. right. So I was just like, Oh, okay, cool. They got Walker Brothers and then I realized afterwards I was like, Oh shit, that's a that is a Chicago reference.
0: Yeah. It's really good. I um, I love, I love it. Growing up, Walker Brothers was the spot. Like if you you know, if we're at school on a Monday and we're in eighth grade and you're talking to your friend and you're and you say, Oh, what did you do over the weekend? And your friend goes, Oh, you know, Saturday we went to Walker Brothers for breakfast, it's like, Oh, you son of a bitch <laughs> yeah, I'm so jealous. Good. I used you to know, go there
1: all the time. I actually asked my ex girlfriend to prom at Walker Brothers.
0: Did you really? <laughs> yeah.
1: I had wow, him bring I out. I don't
0: remember. Why don't I remember that?
1: It's because uh, it wasn't good. Because <laughs> I uh, I I knew a couple people that worked there, and I had them uh, take the what whipped cream and put prom on the on the plate before it was actually passed out to us. And so oh she was God, sitting you across you from st- me, and <laughs> you
0: stud muffin, you. I know. Wow, I one of my funniest memories at Walker Brothers is, or I guess it's not really funny. It's more, it's more depressing about my life in general. I, I went on a, uh, I went on a breakfast date with the girl who I had a crush on for a long time throughout like early high school and late high school, with her new boyfriend.
1: Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean that's funny. That's
0: yeah. That's we can laugh funny. about the it. Guy now. Was <laughs> the was the guy was a total dick too, such an asshole.
1: Like Shane Oman dick or
0: um, not not like a jock dick. He was kind of like he was. I remember he was really into politics, and he was just kind of a smart ass know it all. And he demanded on paying for my meal, for my for my eggs and pancakes, whatever the fuck it was.
1: Oh man. What yeah, is, uh, yes. I'm trying to think of, um, oh, it's like forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, was Sarah Marshall and eldest snow are or eating and like, he's like, oh, come join us. <laughs> and then like, that's what kind of, I imagine how it went you're like, no, 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 no. Even yeah, though you planned it, to go there, but, and then he was just kind of a dick the whole time.
0: No, yeah. Not, not too far off. The guy sucked. Um, anyway, what other Chicago references did you enjoy most in Mean Girls?
1: Uh, so they did. They they do mention Old Orchard, which which is a- actually it's an outdoor mall mainly. Uh, but for the purposes of of this mall in this movie, it was indoor. Which I, you know what now that I think about, it, I really didn't enjoy that because <laughs> they fucked it up kind of. But yeah, um, that's one. Well, and there then,
0: are indoor. There are there is an indoor section of. Oh no, I guess that's just like the the. It's like the, the department, department stores. Store.
1: So, yeah. yeah okay. So it's all right, and then. Um, I mean the the school's North Shore High, so that's clearly she a really ode did. to to that. So uh, those were mine, but the the pancake house was the best. That's
0: it's such a good Chicago reference. Uh, I I so I had, you basically said all mine. I thought Old Orchard Mall, Old Orchard Mall, excuse me, was actually really funny because um, the movie was most of the movie was shot in Toronto, so I love the fact that. They're using Old Orchard Mall as the setting, even though it was shot in Canada, which is really funny. So I'm assuming that was at a random mall in Toronto. Yeah. But they're calling it Old Orchard Mall. It's just funny. We've probably been there. At least I've probably been there like 50 times. Oh, yeah. That's life. a great mall. Yeah, yeah really good mall, uh, especially when the weather's good. Uh, yeah, I had North Shore as well. That's just what people call the area in general where we grew up. It's kind of funny that they made a North Shore high school. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be like if they took all the high schools in our area from when we were a kid, like eight different high schools and combined them. Sure, then you could call it North Shore High School. Right. Yeah, <laughs> there'd
1: be about 40,000 kids there.
0: Right. Uh, and I don't I'm not sure if this is a Chicago reference, but you can assume that it's like Chicago Chicago when Mr. Duval says I did not leave the South Side for this. Oh yeah. That I I think that's a Chicago reference because he's so. assuming no, I did not leave the hellhole that the south side of Chicago is to witness a bunch of high school girls killing each other in the (laughs) hallways and attacking me. Oh,
1: I love it. God, we need, we need more Mr. Duvall, but that's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a huge character there. So, all right, Brett, if this is, uh, this is always a very interesting one here and I, I can't wait to see what you got here, but if you were to take (laughs) one scene and make it into a musical which scene would it be? And let me let me preface this: there is a musical, and there is, I, and I've actually seen it. Uh, oh. I I saw it with with Caitlin. It's um, I didn't love it, to be honest. It's. Uh, I mean, are you a musical guy? You know what, Brett? Not really, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, but but I have seen a few shows. So like Hamilton, obviously incredible. Book of Mormon. You know, I've seen Kinky Boots. That was oh, nice. out of my comfort zone. That was good. Um, but no, I'm not a huge musical guy. But I, you know, I date a dancer now. So I have appreciation for the arts, you could say. Right. And, uh, but this one, it, it was, it was a lot like the movie. You know, they pretty much like copied the movie. And so I was watching it. I was like, eh, might as well just watch the movie again. But one thing that did really throw me off the audience what would you think the like median age of the audience was?
0: Hmm. Well, I, when did this musical come out?
1: Do I, I saw it, I saw it last year. Like oh wow, like, like okay, so it's six really months new. ago or something. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, probably people around our age. So twenties, early thirties.
1: That's what I would guess too. I didn't see like any of our really? age. Everyone was uh probably. There were a lot of like. 13 14 year olds and their younger parents
0: whoa
1: yeah so it was, was weird because it, it was like all of that and then it was like caitlin and i were like what what the fuck are we doing here
0: was, was it in, was the musical like what would you rate it was it like r-rated pg
1: well and that's the thing too is there were a couple of things in there i was like i don't know if i would want my like 13 year old daughter to watch this right uh but yeah i don't know i mean Side note there, there is a musical, but I'm sure whatever you're about to give is better than what's actually on uh, on Broadway here.
0: All right, well, the scene I'm about to give you, there's a chance that it's probably in there, I'm just assuming, but the whole Regina George sabotage segment, uh, there should be an entire song and dance routine to, you know, when they, when they keep feeding Regina the Calteen bars, when they're turning her friends against her and getting Aaron Samuels to dump her, it, it, it would all begin with Janice Ian and Caddy plotting the attack. You know, they're sitting in a room right now on the whiteboard and then they start singing and dancing and it's like they sing about how they hate Regina and how she's ruined all their lives. And then as they're singing, you know how like in musicals everything moves so fast and they're – people yeah. are coming to the background and they're like doing the actions <laughs> yeah. while other people are singing. Like, you know, uh, Janice could be, could be the one singing, you know uh, – Feed her the bars. Feed her the bars. <laughs> and then it's like while Janice is singing, Caddy is like giving Regina the calcium bar. And then Regina is like eating it and stepping on the scale that they, you know, purposely tweaked to show the same weight every time. Nice. Uh, it's it's like all of those actions. They're singing and then they're happening at the same time. And it's like a five minute long segment. And then it ends with Katie as like the new queen bee. And feeling like she's won, and this is all before the burn book get, goes around the school where shit goes to hell. Oh, but I love I it! That, I thought that could be a fun segment.
1: That's a that's like a real, well thought out, actual potential uh, musical scene there. Thank you. I, and I, like I I'm
0: not I'm not a huge musical guy myself, but I, I I feel like this that whole segment would be perfect for a musical. I I
1: don't remember. I think there was some element of that in the in the show, but I don't I don't know. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what scene much, did you pick? What scene did you pick? Um, so I picked the scene when uh, Regina is trying on her dresses. Oh wow! You love that scene. At, oh, no, I do. Yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> Well, so hold on, hold on a second there. <laughs> uh, so she's she's not sure why she's gaining weight, and you know that the lead up to the whole like musical part is like you know what's going on. It's the Keltian bar. It kind of picks up actually right where you left off your scene um so it's like what is going on and then it goes into like so she's singing like what is happening to me why won't this zip and then like (laughs) and then she keeps going like these Kelteen bars don't work and then in the background is just like a whole chorus of people like janice ian and everyone else is just you're fat. You could try Sears. Fat. You could try Sears. You're fat. You could try Sears. <laughs> you're fat. Oh you could God. try Sears. It just goes on the whole time. I think it picks up right where you left it off. <laughs> That's
0: pretty funny. Is there, is there a segment in it where the where they're in the lunchroom and Regina bumps into that heavier girl and she goes, Watch where you're going, fat <laughs> <Badass. laughs>
1: <laughs> that that'll be the, the next scene right after that
0: <laughs> that's pretty funny I li- that's a good selection too i like that both really good selections
1: i think we just made a uh, a better musical than than the one that's on broadway now
0: well only you could speak to that but um adam tell me if if the movie was placed in the eyes of another character who would that character be and what would the central plot be
1: i'm gonna go with janice ian on this one so She's had a a pretty rough childhood, so things were going well, but she had just a terrible middle school. Uh, she she became confused sexually uh, after <laughs> after rumors surfaced this, <laughs> after rumors surfaced about her. Um, kind of gets to her head a little bit, and you know, she really only has one friend. But then you know, high school comes along. Everything's been terrible, but. You know, high school comes along and she sees an opportunity to make another friend. Um, but actually, you know, her her intentions with this new friend are really dark and, and focused on sabotage. And, you know, eventually her new friend Katie ends up turning or starts to turn plastic. And, you know, Janice just won't let her get away. And she can't figure out why she, she feels so strongly about Katie. But she senses something in her And she thinks she finally might have found, you know, another friend to help her get her through this journey. So uh, it's a little coming of age story for Janice Ian there. Uh, She does ultimately identify her sexuality, which is, you know, good for her internally. And she's able to carry on with her life.
0: I like that. I'm a sucker for coming of age stories. And Janice Ian might be my favorite character in this whole movie, too. So points for you. That's a good one. What do you got? So I have Miss Norberry. She's – the movie picks up probably on about the first day of school. She just got divorced after her husband left her for another law student, and she was the one who convinced him to go to law school in the first place, so fucked herself on that one.
1: That was a bust.
0: She teaches and hates most of her students. They, they just suck. And she bartends on the weekends. She says she bartends on the weekends to make, sure make some extra cash, but she really does it to try to meet an attractive single man <laughs> in, her, in, her, in his 40s. And then she meets Katie, the bright new student. And she notices a bit of herself in Katie, and she wants to mentor her. And she wants to help her defeat the odds of really feeling out of place in the world after being homeschooled and living in Africa. But she notices trouble starts to loom when, when Katie gets washed up in the plastics and the glory of being popular in high school. Leaving Miss Norbury with a, a handful of of you know big hurdles to jump and trying to reel Katie out of the darkness of high school.
1: I love that. That's I like good. That. I, I could watch yeah. and I could watch Tina Fey, star in that role. You know, I, yeah. I could watch a three hour movie of Tina Fey.
0: <laughs> She's great. I, yeah, Tina Fey is so good. I don't know. We'll get more into Tina Fey in a bit, but yeah, she's she's so freaking good in this, and she's so funny and clever and witty, and she she's got it all. She's got so, it all.
1: So in your in your Tina Fey Miss Norbury, uh, you know, plot there, yeah. Uh, my question is, does she sell drugs? And the the next two part, I guess, is if she was a drug dealer, what drugs would uh, would Miss Norbury sell? So. To
0: answer your first question, I actually didn't consider that, but I think it would fit in pretty nicely if she got into selling drugs to just mean, make more money.
1: It's her third job. She's a pusher. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a pusher, Katie. I'm a pusher.
0: So yes, she would push drugs, and I think it would just be selling marijuana to students.
1: What to the students? <laughs>
0: Yeah, she's – I mean, we've seen it. We, we saw it when in the scene when she sees Janice and Damien and Katie in, like, the perfume store. She's like, oh, hey, guys. Like, I didn't know you worked here. She, like, she tries to act a little buddy-buddy with them. She wants to give the vibe off that she's a cool teacher, that and she's And the time relatable.
1: after the mathletes when Katie says she's grounded, she says, you're already
0: out. Exactly. She wants okay. to be the cool teacher. She wants the students to like them. If the students know that she's selling dope – gonna make a lot of money though so who's the first especially north north shore chicago they're all using their parents money like come on oh yeah they got it baby
1: so who's the first student that she sells uh pot to or who's her biggest customer at north shore high
0: um i don't know probably the the lunch table of the people who sit at the burnouts section Mm. Like that that girl who makes out with the hot dog. So it says in the burn. Don box. Schweitzer. <laughs> oh wait, is that or is Don Schweitzer one of the athletes? I think oh, Don Schweitzer you're right. is, one of, is one of the lacrosse players. You're right. She's like the short hair lacrosse
1: player. Oh, who made out with a? Uh, I don't remember her name. Train? No, that's Train package. No, train trained package. <laughs>
0: Coach
1: Carr. Oh, uh, this is yeah, killing me. we well, uh, we'll have to
0: we'll have to look that up. Yeah. Um Kevin G would be a good candidate though. Cuz they're super close. She's already his mathletes coach and she's also his teacher in class. And even though Kevin is really is he's brilliant and he's a great student, he loves to party and get down and get crazy and I'm sure he's smoking that ganja all day.
1: Oh, he's got to be. <laughs>
0: and if and if his and if his mathletes coach and teacher and and cool teacher Miss Norby is is selling and she's got the goods, he's all over it.
1: And he might he might think it, it could uh you know further his relationship and his career by uh by abiding by what whatever Miss Norberry's given. So I, I feel that.
0: Exactly. So what do you what do you think? What drug would she be selling?
1: So I had her starting off selling Adderall, you know, to Ooh, the, okay. you know, test taking, you know, math, it's a little tough, you gotta focus, okay. Uh and then it quickly just it goes into cocaine.
0: So, <laughs> oh, so we're, we're we're talking narcotics here.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, she she starts with Addie, You know, it seems pretty, but you know, the, the money's coming in. The money's good, and she's uh,
0: feeling it in, baby. She does Does she still bartend while she's making all this money?
1: Yeah, uh, it's. Yeah, she wants know, to meet a guy in his yeah, yeah. me She wants to meet a guy, and also it's good for business, if you know what I mean. You know, someone's you're having a little beer, and you're like, hey, wanna want a little bump, little force bump here. <laughs> <laughs> scoots a dime bag over and boom did you just invent force bump no no no. i've heard that uh bumple still skin i've heard that as well there's, oh wow yeah there's a few i got in my back pocket here
0: that that's incredible yeah. um so moving on to some plot what ifs and we already started that a little bit uh my first one for you is what if katie doesn't win spring fling queen does anyone else make an inspiring speech and bring the school back together, or is shit still really stanky at North Shore High for the immediate future?
1: I think the shit still stanks. I mean, Katie's, yeah. Katie's the glue guy. You know, she's the sixth man, or she's the, the facilitator on the court. I think you need her there.
0: Yeah, she, she's, she associates with the plastics, but then she associates with Janice and Damien and the rest of the art folks. She associates with the mathletes. That's a good call. She's kind of meshed with a lot of the groups and it's really impressive how she does that within like six months of coming to school it's actually
1: really weird
0: (laughs) she that is one thing that's kind of odd about the movie she achieves so much socially in high school that most people could even dream about doing in their four years of high school she does that in like four months
1: yeah that is that is a good point she's Especially coming from a homeschooled background. I don't know how she's able to adapt that quickly. That's fascinating. Yeah, pretty <laughs> um, pretty impressive. But I like that one. So the first plot, what if, we already talked about it, is what if Miss Norbury really... Well, we could still kind of get into it a little bit. What if Miss Norbury really did sell drugs? Um, what's the fallout from the school afterwards? Is it like School of Rock where it's like, you know, how could you hire this person? <laughs> you know, where the parents are all pissed <laughs> off, you know? Yeah. so uh my name
0: is dewey finn (laughs) yeah
1: i've been touched by her kids yeah
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and i've touched them (laughs)
1: that's so good uh yeah but what if what if she really did sell drugs you know what if that was actually true they raided her house after the rumor and she was putting cuffs and and taken away oh man um i mean the mathletes don't happen there's there's like a butterfly effect there right like katie katie doesn't save the school i mean it, it tears she, the school apart.
0: Yeah. No, Miss Norbury is, is the mentor for the saving grace of everything. She, not only does she bring Katie back, back around, but she kind of saves the school, as you just said, and, and leads that therapy session in the gym with all the girls. Shit. If she actually gets caught selling drugs, uh, I guess it's in Mr. Duvall's hands. No, and, he is not equipped uh, to handle that one. Uh, the school goes up in in flames, I guess, and someone might actually die on on property because all wow. the girls are killing each other. Um, yeah, if Miss Norbury is selling drugs, uh, it, I don't know. They might have to like suspend operations at the school or something because it's so freaking crazy. I don't know. What 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 do you think?
1: No, same thing. I mean, every, <laughs> everything goes to shit. That is worst case scenario here.
0: Yeah, absolute worst case scenario. Horrible. All right. Um, so, what, what's your next one here? So one more that I have is what if the burn book never gets out is Katie officially the new queen bee at the school. And Regina is just permanently washed up old news. She's like, you know, she turns into, uh, you know, Carl Malone in his last couple seasons where he's no longer <laughs> the, the perennial MVP candidate and, and first or second best player in the league. But he's now just like someone who used to be amazing, but he's just old news, you know, cause if that burn book doesn't get out, Kate, like Katie, before the burn book gets out, Katie is hot shit. She's the one who everyone admires. And then Regina releases the burn book and it's like all washed, you know, into flames and crazy. So, what if that burn book never gets out?
1: Good call. I think Katie does still end up making a difference there, but I, it just <clears throat> takes a lot longer because it's going to take constant pressure from Janice, uh, Miss Norberry, her parents as well. And this is like kind of like the slap in the face, like wake up, you know, you are a bitch, you got to start changing things. But yeah, I'd say probably, uh, you know, it takes, it takes her senior year to really, uh, to really figure it out. And then she doesn't become kind of the quote, good person until she goes off to college, maybe to Northwestern.
0: Maybe. She's definitely smart enough to get into Northwestern, but uh, I don't know. Maybe she fails on purpose again to impress some other guy.
1: Oh, boy. she got to clean that up. Yeah.
0: Uh, Adam, let's take a break and hear from our sponsor, then we'll get back into it. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Keep It Flowing Till You Can't Flow No More, the newest dancing video game for the whole family to enjoy. Stuck inside during the pandemic and are unsure on how to approach those few hours between dinner and bedtime? Don't look now but Keep It Flowing Till You Can't Flow No More has you covered. The game combines the quick footwork of Dance Dance Revolution with the interface of Guitar Hero or Rock Band, where all you do is hold the controller and dance the night away. And here's the catch. There's no guided dance routine for you. You have to be your own choreographer and make up the steps as you go. Go online at KeepItFlowIntillYouCan'tFlowNoMore.org and use the promo code NOBUTTER that's N-O-B-U-T-T-E-R for your free trial with Keep It Flow Until You Can't Flow No More. So what are you waiting for? Get your behind off the couch and dance the night away with Keep It Flow Until You Can't Flow No More. I sure will. Welcome back to Brother's Popcorn. Moving on, Adam, if you could redo Mean Girls in a different genre, which genre would you choose?
1: So, Brett, I'm going to go with a horror film in this one. Um, That's- so everything is, you know, normal. Uh, it's just, you know, normal high school stuff. But then, uh, you know, things start going off. People start acting out. And someone in this school is behind all of it. Somehow they're controlling everything. And, you know, weird things are happening. Coach Carr is starting to get with underage girls. Uh, Miss Norbury is, is selling drugs now katie uh, is actually an attempted murderer oh my God. um of, of regina and the bus i mean it's just things are getting really weird um and the movie ultimately ends you're kind of guessing the whole time like who's behind this how is this happening at the very end it's just a clip it's got regina george in her neck brace and she's like you know, it's like a creaky neck brace, and she like slowly turns her head and smiles, it gives like a half smile.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so terrifying. <laughs> and,
1: and you know, like at that point, at the very, it's like the last scene of the movie that Regina was behind all of it.
0: Oh, is it a twist?
1: It's it. Well, it's kind of yeah. like you don't know who it is. You think it might be like Katie. You think it is Regina, and then like. You just have no idea why all this shit is happening, and then at the very end, you just that slowly creak of the neck, like, and then she just smiles.
0: That's pretty terrifying. Where does where does Mister Duvall play during all this?
1: <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I don't know. His hand just starts acting up or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's pretty funny. I like that. That's oh, I'm just picturing that that last shot. It's pretty terrifying.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's freaky. I had nightmares about it. Oh
0: my god, I like it.
1: What do you got? Well,
0: mine mine's not too far. Well, it's kind of far off. So I have magical realism. <laughs> so just, just hear me out. So basically, for the first like hour, this movie is the exact same. Right? The story unfolds the same. Katie goes on her first day of school. We find out she's homeschooled, moving from Africa. <clears throat> And during the scene when the burn book comes out and all hell breaks loose in the hallways, excuse me, the, the camera cuts to Katie lying in a, in a tiny hut in what seems to be like an African village. And she's tripping balls. (laughs) She's like having, she's like having a seizure. She's screaming. She's not really conscious. And there's people around her trying to like contain her. And Apparently, we find out her her African tribal friends gave her a new drug, kind of similar to like a peyote or something that she should try. And she just had a really bad reaction. And she's going nuts. And this drug actually like stunts her brain for a while. And she becomes mute. She stops talking. Her parents then spend the rest of the film trying to figure out, you know, what happened with her and this drug. But also, what was she dreaming about? Like, what was it about this? like traumatic she you know she briefly was saying words like high school regina like who are these people her parents are trying to figure this out for the rest of the movie and 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 get to the bottom of it and get back to normal
1: wow (laughs) that is deep my my i got a couple questions uh yes ask away (laughs) please the first one is miss norberry the one who sells her the faulty pot
0: (laughs) no (laughs) see miss norbury is just the teacher in her dream we, Okay, I, I i didn't get as far as to say who the characters or actors <laughs> who are who are in the african tribe with her who are giving her these drugs
1: it's like a shutter island type feel you know alternate uh alternate reality there so are these characters are they based off like in her dream are they based off people she knows or like animals or something like that or, or yeah
0: th- so i yeah that's a really good question i I think it'd be based off of the people who she knows. So maybe, for example, Miss Norbert, Tina Fey, right? She's someone involved with the tribe.
1: Oh, I love it. That is way, way out of left field there. But I, I would watch that movie.
0: Yeah, so try, me try up. something new. Well, Adam, if you could change one thing about this movie, what would it be?
1: There's really not much. It's a perfect movie, but, you know, it takes place in Chicago. Film it in Chicago. You know, it's like you said, it's mainly Toronto. There's a little bit of New Jersey in there uh you know i think with with the high school but get it in chicago i it, it really bugs me you know there's there's some good movies that you know dark Knight, uh ferris bueller's day off i mean there's there's a handful of them just amazing chicago movies this one's close but uh and, and i remember watching this y'all you know, a few times and just trying to like pick out where in chicago these places actually are yeah. and then when i realize it's not actually in chicago it's a, it's a bit of a disappointment.
0: I like that take. That's good. Even though they all like the setting is Chicago, yeah, like with the old Orchard Mall, we don't recognize that mall because it's not Old Orchard Mall.
1: Yeah, give me the real one. I like that. What if there was
0: a scene at Walker Brothers?
1: Holy shit! Oh my god, get some chocolate chippies.
0: Do you think? Do you think it'd be? Here's the big question: Would it be the one? By our old high school that the one everyone used to go to or the one that was a little further out there on Dundee.
1: Oh, well, there's one in uh like Will
0: Oh, then will that be it?
1: I think that's I think that's uh that's money right there. But it's smaller and it's it's I think it's the original, actually.
0: I wonder how many Walker Brother chains Walker Brother locations there are.
1: So I looked it up receivers. yesterday. I think I think there's like seven or eight or something like that. So oh, that's a lot. Yeah, no, they're doing quite well. <laughs>
0: quite well it's pretty good Uh, one thing I would change about this movie and this was a really hard question to answer because as you said it's this movie's really well done Uh, it's not a big thing but let's make it R rated let's give it some raunchiness have the characters swear I mean I just I and just about everyone who I know we were raunchy as hell in high school and we swore a lot in high school Uh, this movie is it's it's PG-13 they talk about sex a lot, and they talk about, you know, relationships a lot. Do
1: you need a condom? And, <laughs> yeah.
0: Right, exactly. And people being really mean to each other in this movie, they don't say fuck a single time in this movie.
1: Yeah, they get- Let's get, uh, some, let's
0: get some fucks in there.
1: We get one bitch, right? And that's from Janice Ian, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We, we get one- f- Oh, I think we get two bitches. That Janice Ian one, and then when Katie goes- I know it's. I know you think I'm acting like a bitch, but oh. it's only because I'm acting like a bitch.
1: Yeah. So, oh, that's a double one. Okay. Yeah. Double bitch. <laughs> double right. bitch.
0: But no, let's get some. Let's get some, some mature material in here. Let's get this rated R.
1: Okay. I think we it, need I like think an, an makes uncut. The movie,
0: an uncut Mean Girls version, I think, would be great because Regina George is so mean to people. Let's have her her cruel jokes really become aggressive. Hmm.
1: All right, I'm, I'm in for it. I think, uh, I think you lose some of the audience there, but the audience that you do keep might start to love it even more.
0: Well, you definitely lose the 12 year olds who are going to see the musical that you saw, that's for sure.
1: Uh, this was still inappropriate for them. I don't, I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> there's some parenting uh, coaching that needs to go on over there, but <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, they might Adam, still I've, been,
0: I've been looking forward to this next question Where does Mean Girls rank when compared to the greatest high school movies of all time?
1: Oh. God. So it's it's really close to the top. I'm going to put it in the top 3 and I'm going to give a list of movies that are in there. So Superbad. Um I I it's in the top 3. I actually think it might be behind Mean Girls. I love Superbad, but you know, not as iconic, I would say. Um, you know, Ferris Bueller, American Pie, is right there. I think Breakfast Club, Twenty One Jump Street, is is there. So I maybe I won't say top three. It's top five. It's it's somewhere with all of those movies. It's probably in the upper half. I I don't have a number on it though. And then I do have some like honorable mentions that are like further down the list i'd say top 10 but john tucker must die which oh, I, just, wow. I just watched the other day which is very similar it's a high school sabotage movie but uh it's a guilty pleasure of mine napoleon dynamite yeah that's that's like just outside there i might it might creep in to top five and hoosiers <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. wow i didn't even, <laughs> I didn't, hoosiers, I didn't even yeah.
0: consider hoosiers for this but that's, that's a great basketball. call yeah yeah that's a great call um it's a great list to put together there i i also have it near my top five. I don't know if it cracks the top five, though, because—and and I made a big list here, too. Uh, I think the the five on my list would be in, in no specific order, but, like, my five favorite high school movies would be The Breakfast Club, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Superbad, Napoleon Dynamite, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, so, you,
1: so you got this just outside?
0: I think so, because I, I, I have it beating— Dazed and Confused, American Pie, 16 Candles, Ten Things I Hate About You, Grease, uh, Pretty in Pink, and even though it's not a comedy and it's extremely dark and terrifying, Carrie. Um, I I have Mean Girls outpacing all of them, so it's probably number six. I would say just okay. misses my top five, but I mean it's it's up there as one of the greatest high school movies of all time. And as as I said earlier, when we were when we first jumped into this. You know, Breakfast Club, for example, all the characters talk about the things that they're dealing with outside of school, right? You have Emilio mm-hmm. Estevez as the jock who has his, who has the pressure from his dad. You have, um, yeah, well, they all have the deal, the pressure from their parents, but it's like they're dealing with these outside issues. Ferris Bueller, the movie, is about them ditching school. At Fast Times at, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Jennifer Jason Lee's character gets pregnant and needs an abortion in super bad they're trying to you know get to the party main girls is in school like that's really it's just about people being mean to each other in school and i think it it captures the school part of that better than any other of these movies
1: i think i think it's in some ways the most relatable in terms of the clicks and and, and what right. you understand i mean super bad you know it very relatable for some guys probably but you know we all didn't have that exact experience and some of the other movies we can go through but i think mean girls regardless of the school and where you are that uh you know we, we've all felt that in some way
0: yeah and th- it also separates itself from a lot of these movies because it it's not as sex driven like american pie and super bad and and you know those are great movies but they're they're very like sex driven, you know. It's I, oh, I need to get the girl. I need to mm-hmm. I need to get laid before I before I graduate. Same with Booksmart too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mean Girls. It's it it it, t- it definitely is relationship focused. But as you said, it's it's way more about the clicks and how people and and about bullying. Really, it's the only movie on on this list where where it's bullying is like the the big theme here. And I think the way Tina Fey. Really highlights that in the script and the way the story unfolds with bullying as being a theme throughout is is awesome and really well done.
1: It really is. So so to summarize, I think I got it somewhere in my top five. You're you're just outside there, so pretty close, but definitely one of the best. So going to the to the actors and actresses in the film, uh, you know, who does anyone is this in anyone's Mount Rushmore? So top four really for for any of these actors or actresses
0: sure so as i said before it's it's not only top four for Lindsay lohan it is number one like smack dab better than anything else she's ever made
1: yeah so, i mean I, uh, I put that one and parent trap two and yeah that's that's Lindsay lohan yeah that,
0: that, that's Lindsay lohan for you uh rachel mcadams i also think it's in her her mount rushmore i also had and this was tough but uh the notebook mean girls uh, Red Eye. I'm oh, sure I'm glad that. you
1: put Red Eye. I put that in there. I thought you were going to make Red fun I... of me.
0: <laughs> no, Red Eye's a really good movie, and she's great in it.
1: Yeah, she um, is.
0: The Notebook, Mean Girls, Red Eye, and Spotlight I had. I wanted to put Wedding Crashers so bad because I love that movie, but in terms of Rachel McAdams' performances and how great she is in it, I don't think Wedding Crashers cracks the cut for her.
1: I think that's fair. I have the uh, same thing. I got Rachel McAdams. Uh, it's probably number three or four... Somewhere there, the hot chick. She wasn't the hot chick. The hot chick um, is a funny movie. It's it's.
0: Fun. <laughs> I, I'm a big Rob Schneider fan. I'm happy you brought that up. Too. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you asshole. Yeah, that's great. Uh, wet- <laughs> <laughs> Wedding Crashers. I did put in here. It's I I I see your point about uh, her performance, but the movie's so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I had to yeah. put it on there. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, T- Tina Fey. I had mixed feelings about because her her. F- her career in film is kind of choppy like i think this is the best movie she's ever been in but you know her career is more of like she's a massive superstar because of her writing and her you know her partnership with amy poehler mm-hmm. and her big career on saturday night live which was definitely her apex um i i you know i guess we would say yes because i think Bing girls is the best movie she's been in there were some others i saw what was it baby mama with amy poehler i was not a fan of date night with steve carell yeah was was pretty eh. i mean mean yeah. girls is a is is definitely her best performance uh, but i don't think it's like near i don't think it's the best thing she's ever done though
1: i'd echo everything you said i mean it's just you know we're, we're going off movies here so or that's the way i took it so so that's obviously in there but you mean saturday night saturday night live is is the money maker so uh so right now we're three for three, right? Everyone, uh everyone so far. So the last one, the only last one I had, uh where it did make the Mount Rush more for the actor or actresses, uh Tim Meadows. So Ladies Man. You ladies know, that's, Man is the, that's him. That's that's one A, one B, one C. That's all of it. Uh se- semi pro. He's not in it a lot, but Oh like, wait, <laughs>
0: I forgot about him in semi-pro. <laughs>
1: yeah. He's um he's he's just like one of his buddies it's it's funny it's he he doesn't play much of a role there um but i do have that in there because he's not in a ton really from like a you know big movie perspective but uh this is definitely yeah you know, i put it too behind ladies man
0: yeah no i i have that right up there with you too tim meadows is might be the most underrated character in this movie in terms of his acting and just like you know uh, Mr. Duval's is not in this movie a lot, and he's awesome in everything. Still I would iconic, say, yep. I would say it's a tie between Tim Meadows and Amy Poehler for, like, the best underrated character. A little time on screen, but they just blow you away.
1: So did you have Amy Poehler? Because I, I didn't have her, actually. Did you have Amy I didn't Poehler? Even,
0: no, I didn't even have her listed. Um, kind of yeah. similar. in similar so – I was thinking of her in a similar light to Tina Fey here where her film history is kind of, like, spotty. Not a lot of it to to really pick from, but like we all know her from, I mean, her, especially Parks and Rec and then Saturday Night Live too is kind of, I feel like those combined really just like take all, take the whole Mount Rushmore really all together.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So Adam, final question here, the one we always end with, what's the most memorable thing about Mean Girls?
1: Man, we, we talked about this, um, you know, a few times throughout, I think that was kind of the theme of the whole podcast, but The most memorable thing for me is that, you know, it's just so relatable to your own high school, you know, especially us, you know, growing up in the North shore. I mean, we felt an element of this for sure. And, you know, I, I don't think, and you could disagree. I don't think our school necessarily had, you know, quote plastics. Um, You know, we're kind of, I think our school was too big for, you know, to have four girls kind of running their shit, but You know, the clicks, um, you know, the things that are said, the the backstabbing, the the political nature of it, it's all relatable. It happens to all of us one way or another. You know, people moving in, joining the school, uh, you know, dating someone's ex, like all that shit, it all happens. And, you know, it's it's a part of all of our lives. And so to put it into a a comedic form is, is really special. And I you know never gets old watching it
0: i totally agree with you and something i found to be really funny and relating to what we just said was in an interview about the movie tina fey once said that quote adults find mean girls funny they're the ones who are laughing but younger people watch it like it's a reality show and it's and it's much too close to their real experiences so they're not exactly <laughs> laughing about it <laughs> yeah which yeah, is true yeah, it's true. like we are th- – this movie, as you just said, is so relatable to us. For our generation, this was the high school movie. And um, it – again, the way it touches on the clicks. And for us personally, you know, those who grew up in, in the North Shore of Chicago, you know, yeah, we didn't have a, a set of plastics. But there were those girls who we would notice walk around the school kind of acting like they were the shit.
1: Hot shit, yeah
0: hot shit and the girls who everyone would talk about and you know it's extremely relatable um another thing i think is really memorable memorable about this movie though besides the relatability of it is just the the amazing one-liners like the writing is really good and the amazing one-liners like we said you know all the little all the little punches where Amy Poehler goes, I'm the cool mom. Or, or, if, or, or when Mr. Duvall, Tim Metals, goes, I will keep you here till four. It's like those line. I don't know, the really quick punchy lines. There's so many of them. Um, you know, the Damien 2K to Function. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's like those.
1: the SNL, uh, yeah. you know, influence there where it's like, right. you know, you've just got little sketches of people saying, you know, quick little funny things. It just keeps resurfacing.
0: Exactly. So those two combined. Extremely memorable with me, girls.
1: It's an a- absolute classic, Brett.
0: Yeah, uh, Adam, this was great. Excited to discuss more movies in the future. Until next time, keep keep listening to Butterless Popcorn. Thanks, everybody.